Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Bar the Laces podcast. My name is Bill Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? I'm cold, but I'm still fantastic. How are you, Bill? Uh, I was wondering for a second, and Trenton chose a new uh, adjective to describe yourself this week. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting cooler. We just had our first snow appear in this past week, so uh, yeah, things things are getting crazy with the weather. It's only going to get crazier from here. Uh, to answer your question, Trenton, I am uh, doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Um, it's taken a moment to uh, get over that Bears loss. Um, still not over it yet, but this podcast is going to help. So it's it's part of your process to move on. I understand, exactly. Bilal. I understand completely. So I do can. Uh, Share that with me. All right, uh, ready to jump into it? Yeah, for sure. Let's go. All right, so we're going to start off with some uh, pretty pretty satisfying, pretty happy news right now. Um, the Water Ron Rivera head coach for the Washington football team completed, completed his uh, last round for cancer treatment this week. And, uh, I mean, who doesn't like Ron Rivera? Used to play for the Bears, coach for the Bears, moved on to then, and and then later on became a head coach of the Panthers. Now is the head coach of the Washington football team, and it's just an all-around great guy. And just to see him going through this, you can you know that he's had the support of all the fans and all the organizations throughout the league, and glad to see him on his journey. Yeah, and he's. He hasn't had an easy job going into Washington. They've had all the different scandals. They've had players being unhappy with uh, what's going on there. And now they've, they've had to switch quarterbacks from, from Dwayne Haskins now. So it's, uh, it's definitely good for him. He's, he's overcoming a lot of challenges and hurdles this season, especially after uh, beating the Cowboys 25 to three this past week. So for sure. He hasn't missed a game. Like, you would have thought that uh, okay, maybe at some point he might have to pass the game off to one of his assistant coaches because he wouldn't be able to finish it, which no one would blame him. No, but the guy powered through and he has been there every step of the way for his team while battling this horrible um, disease. And then we're just going to keep powering through right now and because honestly trying it isn't that busy of a news week this week there's yeah, a, it's uh it's a really really light load um a lot of what we're going to be talking about is just uh various signings trades and injury news so uh it's a lot of just uh busy work here as you've been known to call it all right so we've been hearing about the story for a week or so, and just in general, it's been a interesting one to follow. But Des Bryant has officially signed on to the Ravens practice squad, and uh, he's been out of the league for two years. Exactly. I was. What do you think of him? I mean, they posted a video of him like working out a little bit, and he seems like he seems like himself. But what can you tell from someone who hasn't been around for this long? 
Yeah, it's um, it's gonna be interesting. He was only signed to the practice squad and not the active roster, so I'd assume that they'd be giving him a little bit of work. He'll have to learn the offense, and eventually he should probably make it onto the active roster. But I don't know how much he has left in the tank, especially after being out of the league for two years. Lock and change, get a little older, a little slower. But uh, yeah, what do you think? There's also an opportunity, though, for two years being out of the league to not have to take a hit. And in a way, he's pulling the Le'Veon Bell, but he it wasn't a willing choice. I mean, he just no one would take him. And um, exactly what you just said, it'd be interesting to see how he ends up because he's on the practice squad. And they probably signed him with the intention of moving him to the active roster at some point because you usually just don't do that. You would sign them directly, but since they have the option of the expanded practice squads this week, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, just in us talking to each other. You, um, The idea of having a veteran of his caliber just on the practice squad, it's uh, interesting. And the guy is only 31 years old, so he's not old by any stretch of the imagination. I love the optimism, Bilal. Your uh, your response your response to Des Bryant signing was much more optimistic than mine. But uh, <laughs> it could it could end up being a bad choice. In that case, they basically signed them for nothing, so he won't be around that long. But at least the guy has a chance now. So yeah, it's uh it's definitely good to see him have a a new team to go to speaking of new teams to go to why don't we go into some trade news the dallas cowboys are trading their defensive end everson griffin to the detroit lions for what is reported to be a conditional sixth round draft pick in 2021 that could become a fifth rounder and uh everson griffin makes his way back into the nfc north division now with the lions after he was previously with the minnesota vikings um why? And <laughs> you don't need more pass rushers up in this division. I mean, yeah, take all the Packers, take them out, take the Vikings out. We don't need them. Speaking as a Bears fan, we don't need them. Our, our, we'll get into this in our game recap from this week, unfortunately. But our, our, the O line can't handle these top pass pass rushers so um continue on trenton (laughs) continue on i will uh another pass rusher has also been traded the bengals traded defensive end carlos dunlap to the seahawks so luckily he's not joining the the nfc north (laughs) you have a little look of relief on your on your face there but uh carlos dunlap he was very productive he's been traded for a offensive lineman and a seventh round pick in the upcoming 2021 draft, but he was productive with the Bengals until new head coach Zach Taylor took over and they changed things around on the defense and uh, they couldn't really find a role for him. So he became more of a rotational pass rusher and sat on the bench for most of the time. So it's uh, good for him. He goes to the Seahawks team that's desperately needing a pass rush. We'll also talk about this when we go over our, interesting game of the week which is Cardinals and Seahawks but uh yeah what else is on our news list 
Injuries. Odo Beckham Jr. Out with a torn ACL. And that's just a blow for the Browns because he'd been having a pretty good year. From I mean, I haven't been able to watch the Browns play that often, but uh, from what we have been able to see, from what I've been able to see, he's been able to help uh, help out Baker. 23 catches, 319 yards, and three touchdowns. It's not bad. Yeah, and in a year where the Browns are actually playing pretty well. Shockingly. Honestly. Cleveland Browns. <laughs> it's, a, it's a new world, Bilal. Who knows? They can come collapsing down at any moment, and I am not ready to give up making fun of that team. But then... Who am I to judge at this moment? <laughs> I, I assume we're going to be talking about that a little bit later, too. All right. Uh, continuing on with some big injury news. Andy Dalton. <laughs> Andy Dalton is in concussion protocol for the Cowboys. And uh, their their season is – is do you, would you say it's done? Okay. No, actually, you, you would say it's done. Mm-hmm. That division is so unpredictable. They're not making the wild. They're not. They're not. The only way a team makes the playoffs, who's in that division, has to be by winning that division. There's no. You can't compete for another wild card spot with the likes of the Saints, the the Bucks, the the Packers, the Bears. For now. Hopefully, um, just just you know, the teams that are up there right now, you can't you can't compete for a regular wild card spot with them. So they're not playing well, though. I mean, they're losing in their own division. What they just lost in the Washington team, and the Eagles are somewhat up there. The Giants are also a big mystery, so it's a toss up. But uh, it's not over yet. And give it a couple of weeks, and then we'll see if it's actually over. But that hit you're talking about, a former bear, John John Bostic, he literally took his head off with that. Yeah, mm. it uh, it reminded me of the hit on Joe Flacco, that pretty much ended his time with uh with the Ravens. I believe it was Kiko Alonso for the Dolphins who hit him. In that game, man, that feels like a long time ago. <laughs> Dude, last week feels like a long time ago. Um, no, you just hope Danny Dalton's fine. I mean, that hit was vicious, and I know he got a uh, Boston got ejected out of the game, and doesn't look like any fine or suspensions coming from it though. So, which is surprising. You'd think that anything to that head area of that caliber, especially the head of the quarterback, is um, something to be watched. But it looks like the, I mean, the Cowboys aren't going to have Dalton this week because I think they've already ruled him out, basically. So, And they're, they're playing um, the Eagles on Sunday night, I believe. Yeah, something like yeah. Another uh... – Division uh, game. Couldn't they find a better game to put on Sunday night? 
I mean, it could end up being a good game. I'm not saying, but just <laughs> these. I don't think the NFC East deserves to have a primetime game yet. It's uh. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for a game in a tightly contested division, that's the game. But this division, if you want to put it that contested. way, then yeah. <laughs> if you want to put it in a division that no one knows is going to win and actually actually matters, then okay, okay, I see your logic there. I take it back. Um. All right, last signing. We went through these pretty quick, Trenton. As, as I said, there's not much to talk about. It's going to be a relatively um, short show unless we decide to go off rambling on something else, which we have been known to do. Uh, Antonio Brown has officially signed with the Bucks. Now uh, Tom Brady has another weapon to throw to once his opponent, his weapon comes off a suspension. I find this kind of interesting. I don't know if you have any uh, any thoughts on it that you want to get out. <laughs> that I want to get out? Um, that the Bucks are probably going to be a much better team overall if Brown can not be a distraction and stay focused with what he is tasked to do on the field and not expect to be the number one receiver because at best he's like number three or four. Yeah. um, I'm kind of worried about how all of these personalities are going to meld in Tampa Bay. I mean, uh, you know, Tom Brady's not exactly known for being all that great of a teammate. <laughs> but he's the one who wanted him down there, basically. So it's like that's true too. He got him to New England first. I mean he got cut in New England after a week, but he's now staking his own reputation on the line now if you want to put it that way, for him to come to Tampa. I mean, did they need did they need to sign him? No. They could have went and signed Des Bryant, who probably would have been a better character fit in that locker room. Maybe. But, I mean, Des Bryant's also had character issues too. So, but I don't think to the extent that you go to one day you, you skip your last week, you get benched for the last game of the season. Your team doesn't make the playoffs, then you trade into the Raiders. And then you spend all offseason there. And they're willing to cut you after what they traded a lot for you. And then you go to New England and you get cut there. So it's like, I don't think Des Bryant is that uh, type of person. Though. He does have the passion. He does have a little bit of a, a you want to put it, a temper. But he's a good player, and I think the team that he was, he's been on, which the Cowboys, succeeded with him. So I'm saying, all I'm saying is that Tom Brady has put his reputation on the line to bring Antonio Brown, and they know he's on a short leash. So if he messes up, he's out. 
that's a that's a very good point. What's he making? You want to ask Trenton? He's uh not making a lot. He's making one point oh five million dollars. Just a little bit of the league minimum. Actually, sorry, that is the league minimum. He's making a little bit above that. I mean, when you come in seven, eight weeks into the season with all the baggage you come with, what else did you expect? You're not making $30 million a year. Yeah, not after you've been cut by three different teams. <laughs> Tell me about it. We'll see how it goes. They can – I mean, he, he scored one touchdown against the Patriots I – and mean, with the Patriots when he – Played. When was this? Eighteen or nineteen? Um, I think it was last season, wasn't it? Or wait, wow. I'm pretty sure it was last season. Whatever it was, it was in the it was in recent recent one or two seasons. So, yeah, it was last season. Four receptions, one touchdown is part of the Patriots. Feels like forever ago now. All right, Trenton, let's uh, stick in the power rankings. NFL.com power rankings. Not too many surprises, few major drops, but relatively teams moved up and down a few spots here or there. Um, number one, what do you think? What do you think, Trenton? What's the number one team? It's going to give you, let you guess. It's got to be the Chiefs. Exactly. They didn't move again. <laughs> They're still number one, as they probably should be because of their performance against the Broncos. Uh, number two, Steelers, same as the week before. Three, the Bucks moved up three spots to number six. Sorry, from six to three. Uh, number four, the Broncos remained. The, the Ravens remained number four. I can't read at this moment. Uh, number five, the Packers moved up two spots from previously at number seven. Seahawks dropped a spot from number five to number six. The Titans dropped four spots from the third place to the seventh. And the Bills stayed at number eight. So did the Rams, unfortunately, stayed at number nine. And the Saints stayed at number 10. So the last three spots remain the same. And I think you were mentioned this last week when you're looking at the Titans, you were kind of surprised how they were up there at number three. Well, now they're down, now they're down to uh, number seven, trying satisfied. Um, I mean, I, I still... Like, <laughs> I guess last week I was sort of surprised that the Titans were that far up there. But this week I'm surprised that the Titans dropped down so low just because they lost to uh, another undefeated team. And it wasn't a bad loss either. They they just missed the game-tying field goal. Yeah. Um, that, that, I mean, that's what it comes down to, though. Game-tying field goal, I didn't. They didn't tie the game. It didn't force overtime. So, 
I mean, I'm not, I'm not quite, I'm not surprised on these rankings. They've stayed roughly the same. The same teams have been in the same positions for the most part of the season. Um, and the Jets are staying in the same position as they yeah. as they've been. <laughs> thirty two out of thirty two. Those poor Jets. I mean, the Patriots dropped six spots. They were number. 12 and now they're number 18. So, I mean, they're going the wrong directions. It makes you think, what is Bill Belichick going to do to fix this? Because he's still the best coach to ever coach. And, um, I mean, we all thought it was going to happen. Cam Newton, I mean, in terms of um, a little bit of regression because they don't have Tom Brady, but they – Still have most of the team there. But they had a bench Cam Newton. Yeah, that, that was, was uh, a, a permanent surprising. move. I think it's going to be a permanent decision going forward. Are they going to give him uh, more chances? I think they're going to – they got to keep him out there, I think. Um because you look at their their bench and what else do they have? I mean, there's Cam Newton, and uh, when Newton was out, Brian Hoyer didn't exactly perform very well, and uh, Jared Stidham is looking kind of young and inexperienced. So, uh, and Stidham was the guy who was supposed to basically lead this team before before Newton showed up. So yeah, and they were excited about Stidham too. They thought he was uh, he was a guy. But of course, he didn't have um, the as long as an off season or preseason to be able to work with his his teammates. So maybe that would played part of it. What do you think about the? Um, I mean, the Patriots did have success though early on in the year, in the first two games. Um, yeah, they. I feel like the Patriots lost their momentum when Cam Newton got hit with uh, hmm. his positive test. And then COVID after that, again. yeah, after that, I mean, they were in that game against the Chiefs, but they lost because Brian Hoyer played like a rookie. <laughs> and um, after that, it, it just hasn't been right for the Patriots. I mean, I think they have a chance to get this ship turned around, but it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a bumpy thing. I don't know if the Patriots win more than – nine games this year. That might be their ceiling. Which, uh, it'd be interesting to see if they get to even that. But who knows? We don't know what's going to, what the future is going to be in store. Still have like eight, nine more games, roughly eight, nine more games to go. So season's still young, Trenton. We're not, we're not hitting the panic button yet. And, um, the Bears dropped uh, – where did we drop? We dropped – because we definitely did drop. Dropped five spots from the 11th spot to 16th. Again, that hitting the panic button is one game. Still five and two. Just got to uh, go along for the ride. We'll, we'll get into this in a couple minutes, but uh, just, yeah. What else can you say? Anything to add? No, I think you uh, you covered exactly what I wanted to talk about. Wonderful. Can't wait.
All right, then um, moving on. What game do you have picked us for us to uh, discuss this week, Triton? I have the absolutely thrilling overtime match between Seattle Seahawks and Arizona Cardinals. Wow. Talk about a game. I'd, I'd put this as game of the year, at least so for far. Right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, uh, as much Cardinals. as I hate to see. No, go ahead. No, you go first. <laughs> I was going to say, um, as much as I hate to see the Seahawks lose the game just because of, you know, Russell Wilson and how great their offense is playing, the, the Cardinals really had an incredible game. Yeah. They were able to get in a position to put that game into overtime. I mean, and they didn't have any timeouts either. They were going down the field. And we're in, we're in a perfect position to give their kicker a chance to send the game in overtime. And, again, Russell Wilson, I tell, I tell you this often, but his, his, his throw in general is a work of art. Like, this, just this, maybe it's him, his baseball background or whatnot, but when he throws it, it's a line drive, tight spiral and gets to his guy uh, on the mark. And when he throws the deep ball, I don't oh. know anyone who throws the deep ball better than him. It's, it's so pretty. I mean, he, it, it, may, it makes him look, he makes him look effortless too. Like he just stands back, moves his arm and just lets it, lets it fly. And just it, straight up into the air. And then it drops straight down. <laughs> It goes like 50, 60 yards in the air and it gets to his guy, especially when his person is wide open. It gets there. But this wasn't the best game for him. I mean, the high, I mean, throwing that pick on the goal line, basically. Oh, yeah. Buddha Baker, your guy, almost. Did a pick six. I mean, imagine if <laughs> the funny part was when he's running, Wilson starts to chase him, right? But then he sees that workhorse of DK Metcalf running right past him. He's like, All right, I'm backing off. You take him, man. I'm uh, <sighs> you look like you'll be able to catch him, but that guy was fast. He- I think they clocked him at some over 20 miles an hour running. Like, if you look at the actual statistics, it was uh, interesting. I mean, Metcalf definitely has the advantage in the legs. He's so yeah. much taller than Buda Baker. But it's just the speed that he was able to, like, he broke away. And then you see Metcalf coming. And you can see Baker just looking at the, at the, at the big screen. And he's like, he's like he can see him. Because, I mean, can't turn around to see the guy but you see him on the video and unfortunately he couldn't make it and then the Cardinals could not convert the touchdown in their offensive possession which is a big save if that doesn't happen this game probably wouldn't be as tight as it would be and it wouldn't have gotten overtime the uh 
<laughs> you, you mentioned he's looking up at the big screen. The big screen should come with a, a warning <laughs> label that says, warning, <laughs> objects in screen are closer than they appear. <laughs> going like a Jurassic Park reference here. I'm going with like, zooming in on like the mirror that they have in them. That um, flashing caution signs. He probably was thinking that. He's like, I'm about to score, I'm about to score. And then he looks up and he's like, I'm not about to score. He's, he, he looks behind him and he sees this monster of a man, 6'3", six, six, wide receiver, 240-something pounds barreling down. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to protect myself first. I mean, he saved that. He saved that uh, touchdown from happening, which ultimately benefited the the Seahawks, but like in overtime, what happened in overtime, Trenton? Oh man! Uh, Please do a recap. I mean, Russell Wilson just—he did not look right in this game. He threw two picks in in the regular in the regular time, and to to throw a pick in overtime as well is just brutal. I mean, here if if you want me to recap it, the Seahawks get the ball to start overtime and um man the the Vance Joseph led defense by Arizona just crushed Wilson on the first drive and uh of course that allows Arizona to drive down the field they missed the field goal that would have won them the game exactly they give the ball back to Russell Wilson Russell Wilson drives down the field and throws an interception and then the Cardinals have a chance to go back and and make up for their previous drive and kick that game-winning field goal. It's crazy. What do you think about, though, kicking that – what was it, on a second down, I believe, something? In the in overtime, the Cardinals missing the field goal. Yeah, the first one. Um, that was they, second and 15 at Seattle's 23. Would you have done that if you were the head coach? Oh. If you were in a good position, or would you have wanted to – because what did they just do? I think they took a sack on the previous play because that's what caused them to have that second and 15. So, I mean, you're protecting your quarterback in a way, but could you have – would you have run the ball more to just gain some more yardage and get closer and closer, or were you fine with that idea of – I know the Bears have done that once or twice in the recent history and really hasn't turned out that well, but – you're in overtime and all you need was to score a field goal to win. Yeah. And you were um, in your kicker's range, so like why not, honestly? Yeah. I I definitely would have like if I were a coach, I would have had my offense keep going. I'd just tell them, you know, I'd tell my quarterback, Kyler Murray, no matter what you do, if it's not there, throw it away. Throw it away. Or or take the sack if you need to. Just don't fumble, don't throw a pick. If I hand it off to the running back, two hands on the ball, man. <laughs> you, don't, you don't let that thing go. That's your child. You don't let the defense take your child. I mean, I, they were roughly – they were in range. But at the same time, they're kind of at the outer range of the range, field goal. Like if they were able to get the ball at like Seattle's 20-yard line right then, or they were in that position, and it's first down, I would have taken the field goal right away. I'm like, okay, so we're right here now. But um, 
he got another chance, and he was able to be the hero at the end of the game. And the second field goal was longer than the one he missed. The second field goal was 48 yards. It's a fourth and three at Seattle's 30. The one he missed was only 41 yards. He redeemed himself. He said, I mean, it was probably just a fluke play, or he just had to miss it. He missed it by five yards, five feet, sorry, wide on the left side, I believe, what it was. It happens. We've had our share of missed field goals and kickers and unfortunate situations, so. <laughs> we're uh, we're delving into dangerous territory there, but um, be- before we end on this game, I do want to say we mentioned before uh, the Seahawks traded for edge rusher Carlos Dunlap from the Bengals. In this game, they did not sack Kyler Murray once. And they sacked, um, didn't they sack Russell Wilson though? The Cardinals though? Yeah, the Cardinals were. Yeah, that that was interesting to see because he's usually. I mean, these two quarterbacks are the same in terms of the way they're built. They're not super tall, but they can run and they have a good arm. All right, sorry, I'll back off. You can continue with your analysis. <laughs> no, of, uh, no, that's a that's a very good point. Both of them come from baseball backgrounds. Um, it just so happens one was drafted in the first round with the number one pick, and uh, the other was – where was Russell Wilson? Was he third round? Round? I don't he know, was, man. I don't. He was late somewhere. Baseball <laughs> that much. He was. I think they pulled up a graphic. He was somewhat in like the late, late rounds. Yeah, the Seahawks took him late. Um, oh wait, sorry. In base in the baseball draft or no? In the, in the NFL draft. Oh no, NFL draft. He was third round. I thought you were talking about where he was drafted in the. Baseball draft. No, I I have no idea of baseball either. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think uh, – no, Murray got a decent deal, though, out of the baseball draft, but he just didn't take it because he wanted to play football. And then Russell Wilson got drafted somewhere late, late in baseball. No, Wilson got drafted in the third round of the 2012 draft. That draft class turned out really great for – the Seahawks, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> Turned out in general pretty good um, in terms of like top quality players. Same draft class that put out Andrew Luck, which uh, he was pretty good until he got hurt. Um, I was actually at a Bears-Seahawks game back in 2012. Um the Seahawks had come to town and I'm, the Bears, I'm vaguely remembering this the game. The Bears were down by three points with roughly 50 seconds left on the clock. And I think we only have one timeout. And we're starting around the roughly our 20 to 30 yard line on the Bears side. And I remember this play because it was the first game I ever, first regular season game I'd ever been to. And Jay Carter takes the snap and he's moving around back there and launches it about 56, 56 yards to Brandon Marshall. Marshall then bounces out of bounds. And just to be in that stadium at that moment, it was like 
you had to be there to experience it. I mean, I don't know how to else to describe it. It went crazy. And then we take one snap. We to get the ball in the right position. Matt Forte takes a handoff. And then you take a timeout. And then Robbie Gold comes on the field. So this is the good old days when we had a kicker we could rely upon. A consistent kicker. And he comes in, he kicks a game-tying field goal to go to overtime. To be in that stadium at that moment, it's nothing else. But then what ensued right after that is that Russell Wilson takes the Seahawks on the opening possession overtime down for a touchdown. We lose the game. I'm depressed for two hours after the game. And thus begins the legend of Russell Wilson. Eight Probably. years ago. I mean, it might have been his, like his first or second overtime game. I mean, he was a, he's a – I mean, they went to the playoffs that year. So, the Seahawks did not the Bears. All right, Trenton. Um, I've been trying to delay this as much as I could, but I think we have to <laughs> talk about the Bears and Rams on Monday night this past week. What do you want to say, Trenton? Get it out there. Uh, if if I got it out there, this podcast would go on forever until I I couldn't talk anymore. But um uh, oh, <laughs> uh I I think I I put it this way to you before we we started talking on this podcast and I'm gonna say it again. The Rams ran the offense that Matt Nagy believes he can run, but he only runs it in his mind, not on the field. <laughs> Good point, good point. I mean, okay. So excited my mic falls out. Um, and now I've lost my pen cap. Um, I'm, I'm very disoriented at this moment. <laughs> you, have, you, have, you have the right point there. Um, Nagy wants to... Nagy has this imagination of which he's a great coach he's won 24-25 games as a Bears head coach in his first three years and that doesn't happen at least with our team and we have great coaches who stay for a while a couple uh, Lovey Smith and Mike Ditka are the ones that come to mind but other than that we haven't really had stability in a head coach position just like we haven't had major stability at a quarterback position. So it's nice to see that Nagy has been around for a certain amount, a good time. And we've had success. I mean, playoffs one year, missed the playoffs, but eight and eight, and currently we're at five and two. So I'm not panicking. But we got to simplify things down, honestly. We got to give the offense. Offensive line has to be fixed. Sound like a broken record at times when I say that the team's in a good position, and there's a lot of things you have to fix. And when you're winning games, it's easier to fix them. But we lost the games, so that means we didn't we didn't win. So, which is what happens when you lose a game. Um, um, you have the time. You now the offensive line has been exposed as a huge is a bigger problem because they could not pass protect which means Nick Foles did not have a chance to throw the ball. And he needs to do a better job at 
actually following through with the entire play at hand. Because there, there were moments where he didn't seem he too comfortable throwing the ball. We had two opportunities where Mooney, who ran a beautiful route, the guy's a rookie. Think about that. The guy, the routes he's running. I didn't even know about him until the first game or second game of the season. Like, he's just not a name that had been flying around. It's always been Allen Robinson, Tariq Cohen. That's who it had been because that's who it has been for the past couple of years anyway. But if Foles hits that, those two routes, one route was a direct into the – he had a chance to hit directly in for a touchdown if he was a connect. So, I mean, they really have to work on these deep routes. I mean, it's one of the reasons Trubisky got benched because he missed one deep throw in the Atlanta game. And now in these past two or three games, Foles has missed maybe four or five deep throws that he probably should have made. And he's thrown – you've got to take care of the ball, man. I mean, not saying go back to Trubisky yet. If it comes to a point where we're in that panic mode where we think it might be better to go back to Trubisky, by all means, and go back to Trubisky. I'm not the head coach. I'm not getting paid to make these decisions. I'm just a fan. But um, you can't throw an interception in the end zone, and you can't throw an interception in double coverage. When Jimmy Graham, who is six foot seven, does not even have a chance to catch the ball. So the game was tight for the most part. First half, only seven to three. Decently, defense put in too many penalties. I mean, Akeem Hicks is amazing. And he plays hard, but some penalties probably shouldn't have been there either. So it's. Um, there's a lot of things to clean up on, I think, but I still think that this team can do it because just the idea of getting blown out like that on a Monday night game on national television after you had waited all week to play, it stinks. And I don't think we're going to be able – I don't think this is that type of Bears team who's going to allow a four-game losing streak like they did last year. I think this is the type of team that will – and it's nothing really – I've been rambling now, and this is something you tried to avoid doing, but I fell into that trap. I'm going to finish this up right here. I think this is the team that can learn from their mistakes very quickly because they aren't that many, but the ones that are there are really big, and I think it can be. I think it can be solved. I'm not. I'm not worried yet. Five and two. There are worse places to be like the Jets at all in seven. I mean, um, you know, you, you say you, you rambled on a little bit, but honestly, I, I liked all the points that you brought up and they're actually the points that I would have uh, brought up myself and have been bouncing around my head since that loss. So uh, props, props to you for putting all of those out there in, in a very understandable manner below. <laughs> Is there anything else though that has been rambling in your head that you would like to um, get out? This is just let it out there. I mean, we've I only mean, had two of these losses. Hopefully, it doesn't increase. But uh, that has to happen. We've been happy, and we've had stuff to say after wins too. But a loss is a little different environment to be in right now. 
if I had to say one thing, it's the run game, man. I mean, David Montgomery was a, a pretty decent runner I, I, from what I know of in college. Granted, I didn't follow him very much. I only followed him after he was drafted by the Bears. But something, something about the Bears' run game just doesn't work. I mean, I don't know if it's the offensive line or if Nagy's just not calling the, the right plays or if Nagy's scheme is different than what the running backs need. But, uh, man, we, we haven't had a solid run game since we got rid of Jordan Howard. <laughs> I'd say we haven't had a solid run game since we got rid of Matt Forte. <laughs> yeah, that too. There we go. But, I mean, you can go all the way back to Walter Payton if you want to go back that far. But, um, no, um, you're right. And a run game is going to set up the pass game. It's going to set up the play action. I mean, when you become one-dimensional against a team like the Rams, who has Aaron Donald and apparently a resurgent Leonard Floyd, which I don't know what where did that Leonard Floyd that was, come from? That was brutal to see him get to Foles and then turn around and look at the sidelines and say, yeah, look what I did. I was like, oof. What what do you know, man? I don't know. I, maybe that's all he needed. Maybe he just needed to change the scenery and he was able to succeed. But um, I think uh, enough with the past, Triton. Let's move to the future. Ready to pick some Week 7 games? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so please inform the audience oh no. of where we stand. Oh, no. no. I didn't do that good either. I missed... <laughs> I told you this could come all crashing down, and I had a two weeks of being eleven and three. I ended up at nine and five. But uh, I mean, uh, I, you, I, I told myself I wouldn't go seven and seven again this season, and uh, I went seven to seven this season again. Um, yeah, whoops. <laughs> And this brings your overall record, Trenton, to 63-41-1. And And mine is holding slightly above at 74-30-1. I need a... We have time. We have time. A lot of games to have time. That's a good point. I will uh, keep your enthusiasm and optimism in mind. (laughs) All about the mindset, man. All about the... Winning mindset. Also, if you can hear some noises, it is my I the heat has just turned on at where I'm sitting currently. So it's a good thing somebody's warm. I mentioned I was cold at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um turn your heat on too. No one's stopping you. I just need another hoodie. <laughs> I'm already that wearing too. one. That too. <laughs> All right, Trent, let's pick some games. Falcons at Panthers. I'm going to go with the Panthers. Same here. Seems like a simple choice. Steelers at the Ravens. I think Steelers are the more complete team, so I'm going to go Steelers. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we mentioned before, too, that Lamar Jackson is a he's – an, he's the MVP. I mean, he – but – He's more of a runner, honestly, than he – he looks – I feel like he looks to run more than he can throw. And just as, against a team like the Steelers, it won't be 
a smart choice to do that. The Rams at the Dolphins. I went with the Rams because I think Tua. Yeah, I think Tua is an unproven commodity right now. So. (laughs) Yeah, based off the Rams that we just saw Monday night. Nope, I'm not trusting the rookie quarterback to. uh, Well, welcome to NFL here, buddy. Aaron Donald's coming after you. Nope. Yeah, I'm taking the Rams. Um, uh, I know where you're going with this one, I think. I think uh, you're going with the, the away team, the Jets and the Chiefs. Wow. Do I pick the team that's 6-1 and one, or do I pick the team that's 0-7? I'm not sure, below. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a risk here, and I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Yeah, same. No discussion needed. Uh, Vikings and Packers. Oh, I'm going to go Packers on this one because their records are complete opposite of each other. Five and one and one and five. I'm also taking the Packers, but I am would not be disappointed if the Vikings win. They're not that much of a threat to the Bears right now in terms of division standings and conference standings and- while the Packers are are. And the Bears need all the confusion in the NFC North as they could possibly get. Yeah. Because the Lions are catching up. And speaking of the Lions, Colts and Colts at Lions. How wow. the Lions get the three and three, I don't know. It's it's magic. <laughs> uh I'm gonna go with the Lions on this one. Going with the Colts. Raiders at the Browns. Wow, the um the Raiders did terribly against the Bucks. I'm going to go with the Browns, which is still odd to say, but I'm going to go with the Browns. They did almost lose to the Bengals at the end of the game, but uh, I like where this team's going, and the AFC isn't that competitive overall. So, Browns. Titans add Bengals. Okay. Um, if we go to... If we go to past episodes, I've picked the Bengals, I think, three or four weeks in a row now. And, uh, did you ever get any of those right? I got the first one right, and after that, I did not. So I'm going to go with the Titans here. Yeah, I mean, I like where Joe Burrow's going. Uh, he's put up a bunch of yardage, too, as a rookie, and he's made pretty good strides. But Titans is coming off their first loss of the year in a very nail-biting game against the Steelers taking the Titans. Patriots and Bills. Uh, you know, I love what the Bills are doing right now in the AFC East. Uh, they're really a powerhouse team, 5-2, and two, but I'm going to have to grow with the Patriots on this one with the upset. Wow. Do you think there's a comeback going on with the Patriots starting something here? Is that a yes? I mean, I, no? uh, I can't tell. You're just smiling. Yeah. Here. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that the Patriots pull it off. Maybe they win, and that adds a, a loss to your column and a win to mine, and I can slowly crawl my way back up the standings too. Yeah, because I am taking the Bills, and I would have taken the I would have taken the uh, Patriots in any other year prior to this year, but uh, it's the Bills. Because they're the much better team overall. I mean, they put up good – they've been a good 
team better than anyone's ever really expected them to be, and it's been a pleasant surprise. Chargers at the Broncos. This two, is uh, yeah, two two and four teams in in the AFC West. Man, it it stings to not pick the Broncos. I'm gonna go with the Chargers because they've looked like the better team. Yeah, I mean, um, last week the Broncos allowed the Chiefs to score in all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. In a snow game, too. (laughs) At home. Drew Locke just didn't look good. And uh, probably he's a little banged up, too, because he did get thrown around a little bit. So, go with the Chargers. 49ers and Seahawks. Even though the Seahawks lost, they're still the team to beat. I'm going to go Seahawks. Yeah. Same here. Uh, Seahawks. Uh, interesting. The Saints at the Bears. Wonder who I'm... could be picking. <laughs> who could I gonna... be picking? I don't know. Yeah, who are you picking, Valal? Why don't we go with you first this time? The Bears. Okay. So the team was going to have I believe in the team, believe in the coaching staff. Things have to change, but I still think this is the team who's not going to lose multiple games in a row, especially after losing a bad one the week before. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bears too. I think they have a chance with their defense against uh, Drew Brees, who hasn't looked too sharp this season. But just got to make sure he doesn't return to vintage Drew Brees form. Uh, Cowboys at Eagles Sunday night. Ah, uh, yes, this game. Uh, the one game we've all been waiting for. <laughs> Gonna go Eagles here. Uh, if Cowboys are missing Andy Dalton, that's that's not good for them. Yeah. Eagles. I don't know why it took me that long, even though I have it written out right here. Um, but. Oh, God, I feel bad for this team. Buccaneers and Giants. Is this um, when when Daniel Jones takes over Eli Manning's role as, oh, as Tom Brady's kryptonite? Oh, man, I didn't think of that. It's not. I'm taking Bucks. <laughs> That's a good point you bring up. I mean, <laughs> they just destroyed um, the Raiders, right? Yeah, they just destroyed the Raiders last week, and that game was supposed to be the Sunday night game, and I would have been excited to watch that. But we didn't. We got a pretty good Sunday night game last week, anyway. So, not complaining. I'm taking the Bucks. All right. So one thing I wanted to think we both wanted to close off here was that the election is next Tuesday, and we will not be recording another show until a, a day, a couple of days after that. So, which at that point we still may not know who the new president is because of just the way things will be rolling in because of mail-in voting and everything. But what we wanted to make sure was that people are registered to vote and that they actually take the time to vote in this election because this is probably one of the most important elections, no matter what side you're on, uh, of recent history. And if you're mailing it in 
probably not the best idea at this point because the post office cannot guarantee your vote will get in by election day. So please drop it off in any local drop-off box or your county clerk's office. Or just go in on election day, social distance, wear a mask, and go in if you're healthy enough to vote in person. But we wanted to also let you know that 90% of NFL players are registered to vote. And most teams have 100% registration. And most facilities and stadiums are going to be used as polling places during the election just to be able to gather more people for a larger turnout. So is there anything else you want to add there, Trenton? No, I think you uh, you summed it up perfectly. Vote, vote, vote. <laughs> have you voted, Trenton? Yeah, I have. Have you? All right, good. That's all we got. Did my part and made sure my, made sure my partners voted. And I <laughs> voted as well, too. So first election, first presidential election. I voted in a local mayor's election before, which the guy I picked didn't win, but why not? It was my... I didn't even know who was really running. I just went in and circled the guy's name and <laughs> just to say that I voted. Probably not the smartest move, but at least this time I knew who I was voting for when I went in. All right, so thank you for listening to the By the Laces podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode, and we hope you all have a great rest of the week. Don't forget to follow us at BillMallon15 and Trent underscore Cito. Please stay safe and wear a mask. This pan- pandemic is not going anywhere, and that's why we're doing this through Zoom still. <laughs>